0: now watching countries like Israel see their cases surge despite high vaccination rates. How important are boosters to maintaining this no lockdown plan and how soon do we need to get them so that we can maintain these freedoms we're being promised? We need to get used to being vaccinated with COVID vaccines for the future. Um, I can't see that COVID is not going to be with us forever. Um, maybe in the future we can have even better vaccines and coverage across the world to achieve that. I mean, as a public health doctor, we always want to have diseases go, um, get totally eliminated, but that's not on the horizon in the near future. So booster doses, repeat doses will be part of it. You know, there'll be different advice about different schedules, which doses you get. But at the moment, our priority has to be getting first and second doses into people and there will be recommendations about booster doses in the future and I can assure you that the Commonwealth Government has produced has purchased a large quantities of vaccine into 2022 and this will be a regular cycle of vaccination and revaccination.
1: the daily wrap up. A concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, July 1st, 2022. Thank you so much for joining me today. Really focused show in, in specifically in regard to the pandemic of the injected. Th- this is exactly what we have been showing in this in this specific topic from a lot of different angles, but specifically showing that people have been more affected whether we're talking about adverse events, side effects, or rather just correctly spoken, the effects of the injection that you're taking, or any other number of things we've talked about, antibody dependent enhancement, or the cre- there's a lot of ways this could lead to others other problems in the body, right? Whether and and the but the adverse the effects of the injection are, is the biggest point that we continue to show that they continue to cover up. But there's we have to wa- think about the things we've discussed like. Vades, for example, things that create situations that can be framed as something else, things that are abstract to the point to where they don't even they can get away with arguing that it's it's too abstract and you can't make the connection. So we don't know for sure, sort of like they do with the Veyer's data. But the bottom line is that their own data, which I'll show you again today, why they keep hiding it from you. It continues to show you exactly what we're talking about. And there's a really important topic today that I want to go over in regard to specifically the new variants they tell you that are spinning off from Omicron. That Remember, don't, don't forget, perfectly correlate with the administration of the injection when all the variants exploded. All through 2020, weirdly enough, when there was only unvaccinated people circulating what was going on, variants didn't seem to pop off. But then the moment the injections happened, it just exploded. But total coincidence. But we're going to get into specifically what they tell you are the new variants and how the data shows you that people that are taking these injections in many places that are on a border will show you the places that aren't taking them are that that you can prove are dealing with whatever they say is circulating, have zero problems, specifically South Africa. Remember, the place where they say Omicron, technically the second place, Botswana was where it first showed up, and that's where the undocumented, undiscussed, diplomatic immunity people came through and nobody ever found out who they were and they're the first people that were sick with it i don't know why that's not incredibly alarming to anybody while we don't ever know who they were what they were diplomats for what country they came from because remember diplomatic immunity means you could bring anything with you and they can't check it but anyway then it went to south africa and the point being is that was one of the earliest places that had the omicron situation and as well one of the earliest places that dealt with supposedly these variants but what you'll notice is the very low vaccination in South Africa, and they're barely having a problem here. But right across the, right near them, we have, there's the border, I'm thinking, is Germany. But right near them, we have a situation where people are very, very vaccinated, dealing with the same thing they say, and just ripping through them. He Having higher cases, higher hospitalization, almost entirely vaccinated. Now, how do you explain that? I'm not going to be like the corporate media and say that we can, that's proof of anything. It's correlation. It's very clearly evidence in the direction of what we've been saying editing all together it's impossible to miss but we're going to make a couple of quick points to start off on on a few different things you'll find very interesting one of which is Roe versus Wade but I want to reiterate how much I absolutely think this whole conversation is completely meant to distract people from what's going on not to say that it's not an important conversation but it's being used from the leak and how it's everything about it 100% in my opinion just to reiterate that but let's get into a couple of opening points we're going to go through today specifically talking about the pandemic of the injected from the angle that I just discussed, but also a couple of other interesting things that continue to make this clear. And we'll end with the New South Wales data, again, with a little addition from somebody else in that same data that just makes this undeniable. Other Unless you just choose to blindly plug, bl- cover your eyes, plug your ears, stomp your feet, and act like trusting the science means listening to what the government tells you. But to start off, I want to give a a shout-out, and actually some, some upsetting news for secondary, but this first. Shout-out to Sovereign, as they just put out a tweet that says, Any platform that promises you online freedom while doing business with the Apple or Google app stores is lying to you. Hear that. Even as right now we're sort of you know forced, I, I can't wait for Sovereign to bring on their live streaming part of their platform, because I will probably make them my, my main use platform. But as of right now, Remble seems to have like filled that space all of a sudden, even though I'm very aware— they that's exactly the point they are using all the same things that youtube has so it's it's a it's concerning but it has very good reach right now seems to get the most views so i'm i'm using it like i would still use youtube but the point is that it's we need to make sure we use predominantly it's always good to use multiple platforms and i've always said just to add to that point if you're out there not doing what you know content creation and trying to inform people there's really in my opinion no reason to use these platforms that are problematic As I've made clear before, it's important for people like us to continue to put our content there so we can reach the people that are lost. That's just always going to be important no matter what. But the reason I say that is because these kind of platforms that don't do that, that are building a new path, that are cutting, you know, they're trailblazers. They are building the new path to make this work for you in a different way. It's important to lean into those and support them. At Sovereign, we're glad to be building a revolutionary community totally free of big tech censorship is what they wrote, and I believe that. 100% hundred percent now the reason I bring this up in the way that I did is because on that same note with a heavy heart as i I, I said before that i wasn't it wasn't something I was supposed to release just yet for those that may have may know i I made it clear that recently that a, a very close friend of mine passed away in a very upsetting and confusing way just, the story goes he was in Cabo fell hit his head late at night they came to him with his head. You know, at the morning, and they said he fell, hit his head, and so on. Sounds weirdly eerily like a, lot, a couple of other stories I've heard. This person was not vaccinated, and there's a lot of just anyway. The point is, this person was Peter Allard, who was a very close friend of mine. Who started off as somebody who was a big supporter of the channel. Who just you know, like all the rest of you, was somebody who donated because he believed in what we were doing through the same channels that you guys do. And this is through that we developed a, a relationship. He's a very good friend of mine, and because of that, he reached out to me when he was building Super You and said, I'd love for you to be a part of this. And I refused any kind of official connection, as I told you guys, because it's I don't want anything that looks compromising or that is compromising. And and he understood that, and we continued to build SuperU. And I believed in it. I believe in it. It was something that I believe was going in the direction that would change things the same way Sovereign is. It's not unique. There's plenty of them out there trying to do the same thing. Now, unfortunately, after he passed away, his family has no desire to maintain what he built which breaks my heart. And no apparently no no desire to sell it to somebody, to create it with somebody else, to just just pull the plug and walk away. Now I can't even understand why somebody would do that. Because not only did he believe deeply in building something that gave people the ability to fight the censorship, to help people that didn't have a voice find somewhere to be to to stand. They put money into this. There was a lot on the line, a lot of unique infrastructure. Now, this is something that could very easily be continued. Now, I personally, just my opinion, feel that there was politics involved because I know that people in his family circle did not believe in what he was doing, so it got yanked. So it just breaks my heart, and I just wanted to share you really real connect my opinions and and share that with you because I believed, I still believe in what it was, but I want you guys to know that apparently on the fifteenth will be the last day it will be open. I mean, it really makes me want to just break something because. I put a lot of time into this and Peter put a lot of time, and care and compassion and, and everything he had just out money flying out the door just to build this for you guys. And his family doesn't care about that. So they pulled the plug and it just upsets me, but it's now going to be gone. And so we're going to try to build continually going forward. And this stuff happens. This is, this is what's on the line today a lot, but I wanted to make sure you guys knew that. So in the next 15 days, and so, you know why I haven't been using super you. But I just don't want people to continue to put the effort into building there and networking and supporting people financially. And then, yep, then it's just gone. Even when you do, when I personally believe we were doing it the right way, doing the right thing, this kind of stuff happens. So it's upsetting because you guys have no idea how much that person was changing this entire field. Now, there's plenty of reasons you should be skeptical about anybody involved, but I don't know anybody else. And I, for instance, David Meiswinkle is a good friend of mine. He, he, he is doing his own thing now, but was previously with uh, architects and engineers for 9-11 inquiry and was also a friend of Peter's. And we both talked about this and I hope I'm not, you know, sharing a personal conversation. But the point is that we both discussed this since we don't know anybody else in this field that was doing what he was doing, essentially finding people out there that he believed in and saying, here's some support, do what you think is right. Where else is that happening? He was a unique person. Anyway, not to take too much time on this, I just, it's upsetting, you know, somebody that was really changing things. And there's a lot of people out there that he was influencing it with support, not content. That's exactly the reason he built SuperU and why he believed in me, because that's what I brought to the table in SuperU I said, number one, we will not influence what people are doing, we will give them a platform, protect them from everybody else. Drop my pen, almost had it. That close. But back to the point, uh, Sovereign is one of those platforms. In my opinion, I think they're doing an excellent job, and we should continue to support them, and I will as well. But I want to make sure I told you guys that before we got back into it, so sadly enough. Now, going forward, I wanted to make a couple more points before we jump into the main topic. This is really frustrating to see stuff like this so obviously happening, and yet we continue to see the conversation go forward as Putin's gas hike and all this childish nonsense. I mean, guys, just realize that kind of not garbage applies to like every topic you can possibly talk about, and that's not just the US government. It's most governments. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to ask, let me know how the volume sounds on the mic. There's, there's definitely something going on in general. It's not just o- uh, OBS. I'm using StreamYard today just to try to feel this out. I can't figure out what's going on with this. These are Everything's the same, everything. So anyway, just let let me know how it sounds. I think I finagled it to where it's louder, but I'm trying not to get too close to the mic for that reason. Now, the point was, there's so many topics here that you can look at stuff like this and see that, well, for crying out loud, they're blatantly either lying, bending the reality, or just politically changing things to make it out to be only Putin's fault when it's clearly not the case. But here's an example in that exact topic of Putin's gas hike. A ship from Russia carrying oil arrives in New Orleans, despite federal sanctions, right? That's that's the first part of the story. This is from a sort of independent outlet. Here is Wall Street Journal. Oil tanker is stopped by U.S. in transit from Russian port to New Orleans. And you can read the, the Wall Street, even though they're paywall, exactly why we don't want you to use those platforms. But here is Reuters pointing, pointing out a couple extra points. And of course, they frame it differently. U.S. authorities make checks on oil tanker arrive from Russia. Now, U.S. authorities have indeed stopped the oil tanker at a time when people are struggling, understand, because Putin, of course, right? Extremely high gas prices. But they stopped the oil tanker that's bringing the thing that everybody desperately needs. Why? Well, to check, of course, whether the product was carrying Russian oil. Now, why would that matter? Why would it matter if it's Russian oil when we're desperately needed oil? Because sanctions, right? So if you're confused about who's causing this situation as Russia tries to bring in oil, or at the very least, a Russian tanker coming from Russian territory, which, by the way, I believe is Russian. This, I believe this is a allowed sidestep of sanctions. Let us make that clear. They checked to see if it was Russian in origin, which I think it pretty clearly is. You can read the other article. But it says the chartered vessel was shipping uh, intermediate oil products, including vacuum gas oil, fuel oil from Russia's port to New Orleans uh, in general, and uh, New Orleans port. But it says the U.S. sanctions do not include... Oh, wait, did I miss a part? In any case, the oil from Kaza oil products, which travel on Russian pipelines, which is interesting. So they use Russian pipelines, but we allow that oil, which is doesn't make sense, does it? These sanctions are, it's, it's meant to, it's meant to be punitive and has nothing to do with what's best for anybody. It says vital said it was complying with sanctions that will not enter into any new Russian crude and product transaction and has ceased trading Russian o- origin crude oil and product unless directed otherwise. Now. You should first be asking, why in the world would they be stopping oil, Russian or otherwise, at a time when we can't afford this? Well, because it's there, as as I said, we, we got to tough out the gas prices because this is about freedom, right? Because sanctioning Russia is absolutely about your freedom, isn't it? It perfectly translates to having you be feeling more free in your country, right? I mean, it's literally the exact opposite if that's even what they're actually doing, which it's not, first of all, but... It's or I mean, this is just it's comical almost. There's a thousand examples of why the gas prices were like 70% where they were to, in the rising process and it went up the rest of the way after all this, which I'm sure had a, a difference or a, an effect, I should say. But they've admitted that even. But it's still Putin's gas high because it's easy to keep yelling that with nothing to back it up or the fact that we have oil that they or they mining the the ports of Ukraine before leaving, which they admitted to, but then blamed Russia for and a thousand other examples I could go on. But this is simply ridiculous to see that there are actual oil shipments from Russia that could be allowed, but are being stopped. And that's Putin's fault. Oh, because he did the bad thing that we're bad guy. You know, we're, we're slapping him on the wrist. Sort of like when they starve people in Iran and say that's Iran's fault. They're starving because Iran doesn't do what we tell them to do. So we starve their people. So that's Iran's fault. So Iran starving their people. That is stupid. That is childish logic, not even logic. That's just propaganda. That's like your brother hitting your chest with your hand and saying, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. It's your fault because you didn't give me what I wanted. It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, Putin's gaslight, just so we clear that up. On top of that, here is Axios writing, fear of a recession could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, we're not going to get into this entirely. The point of this article is simply to realize, as they say up top, Persistent inflation and Federal Reserve's campaign to rein it in are, in fact, conspiring to tip the economy into a downturn. They are creating the problem. Even this sort of I mean, that's what they're saying in a careful way. We the government of the United States is creating a problem to then point at and blame other people, whether they even know that or not, which I think the real spring spring pullers do. But just realize this is nobody's fault other than the actions of the people that are creating the situation, which is predominantly the United States government. And the facts are all on the table. Now, here is exactly what I was just talking about. So when CNN, CNN even asks them, what do you say to the families that right now are saying we can't afford four to five dollar gal- dollars for gasoline for get ga- for per gallon for months, if not years, to for for freedom, we can't afford that. Well, guess what, he, guess what he actually says. Let me just play it for you. This, I mean, guys, this is absolutely crazy. Not only is he, with the term he uses, but the fact that he's just going, just tough it out while they turn away oil.
2: What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five 85 a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. What we heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm.
1: Can you believe that? This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. So you have to understand, this is about... Now, I think what's even funnier is, you know what's, you know what's an absolute ridiculous, and if you say so, you're a maniac conspiracy theory? The new world order. Woo, that's just crazy bonkers madness, right? But the liberal world order, that's totally real and acceptable to say. That's, that's the clown world we live in. But what's funny about this is to acknowledge that they're simply going, yeah, we're building something here. Shut up, right? Just tough it out because we're doing something real that we care about and you should too. But what if we don't? What if we don't agree? Do we, do we, are we allowed to speak up? Nope, nope, because then you're a conspiracy theorist, white supremacist, and you have to shut your mouth because you're dangerous and you're destroying our democracy. You're not allowed to have an opinion. Now, what about all of the people on other other sides of this? Not just Republicans, but independents and anybody else that doesn't agree with the direction that they're taking. It doesn't matter, though. Now, we're going to get into this point next in regard to the Roe versus Wade conversation, the climate change conversation. They're acting like they have moral superiority to the point to where the law is only a guideline for them but restricted for the bad guys, right? Just like on foreign policy world, right? It's, oh, oh you, the UN and everything matters, but for you, we can step over that when we think we're doing the right thing, even though they don't care about the right thing. And we need to get past the childish two-party paradigm to fully understand that. But think about that. Now, on the same point of the supply chains and what they're doing around the world, check this out, guys. You know, the video is just showing them spraying manure on these policemen, which you can laugh out, which is humorous, but manure shower for the Mark Rutz police. Dutch farmers, you may have heard this ongoing, are very angry after politicians made the decision to close dozens of farms and cattle ranches, Well, you know, while people are pointing at Putin and causing saying they're creating a supply chain issue, they're closing Farms and cattle ranches because their argument is they need to reduce nitrogen by 30%. And what's that for? Oh, that's right. The big discussion of climate change and carbon tax and all this conversation. Have we even decided as a community, as a country, as individual states even, that that's the right direction? Nope, doesn't matter. Well, I guess this should be world nations because this is Dutch. Not I was taking making that a point from the United States. But let's be let's be clear. There are plenty of people around the world that do not agree that's the right direction and plenty of scientists that argue it's a ridiculous direction. The idea that we need to do that doesn't make sense from a lot of people's perspectives. I'm not going to get into that today. As always, I'll shout out people like uh, Tony Heller doing an outstanding job, just calling out the facts from scientific studies, doing the same thing we're doing, which, by the way, he does here and there, too, for covid from a point of climate change. Never am I arguing that we're not doing horrible things, destroying this planet, which we are in a thousand different ways, most of it coming from your government. But that doesn't mean what they're arguing is the thing we should be doing or the grain movement has anything to do with actually helping the planet. There's all, it, these things have been hijacked, different topics. But here's the point. They're doing things like this while this is happening. Think about that. How does it make sense? It's the same thing they're doing in regard to the gas discussion. Well, it's for the new liberal order, so just be quiet because it's, forever, it's, for, it's so the world can be equitable. So we're starving people, we're shorting people, the people are losing their jobs, so it can be fair and balanced. Does it feel that way? Is that even what they're actually doing? Who knows? No, it's not. But the bottom line is, this is why they're saying they're doing it, but this is what they're doing, while blaming what's happening because of those actions on anything they can point at. Very angry Dutch farmers block the border between Holland and Germany. Harsh protests... In, much, in many Dutch cities after politicians' decision to close dozens of farms and cattle ranches to reduce nitrogen by 30 to 70% to comply with EU regulations on nitrogen pollution. Right, so is it, is it Putin's gas hike? Is it supply chain because they're stopping wheat from shipping out of Ukraine? Or is it because they're trying to meet EU regulations around the world? Right. One seems very obvious and statistically easy to prove. And the other one seems like a fantasy that has lots of things around it that you can prove are not even completely Russia's fault. In part, obviously. Dutch police detained protesting farmers, but were forced to let them go. Unrelated point other than the fact that it relates to the protest we we're just pointing out. But this is the point I keep making, guys. If you stand up in enough numbers peacefully, And do not react to their guaranteed Asian provocateurs. Which they're still going to come after you. They're still going to spray you. My point is if you stand up in enough numbers, they will back down. You know why? Because there's a number they know. And I think it was the UK first individual that admitted this. There's a number they all know for their areas of which they cannot go past. Because if they do, it shuts every... They they can't handle a certain number of people. Because it overwhelms the system. So as it says. They were forced to let them go. The police station's completely blocked by tractors, which simply forced the police to obey the people. Which, by the way, and and not the police necessarily, but arguably the government, not even arguably, I meant that in the case of the police, but the, the government are supposed to be doing what the people want. This is just how you force that to happen. Now, this is what we need to consider going forward, right? Is that we can force their hand if we stand up. I'm never calling for violence. It's Important to understand. Now, bringing this over into the Roe versus Wade conversation, I'm trying to fly through these reasonably quickly because this is something I've talked about a lot, and it shouldn't be taking up as much attention as it is. But what I want to point out before I make a couple quick points about this is: is it's important to think about what always happens with this? You know, the the I the I support the current thing, pan, you know, pandemic. I guess it's a good, good word for it which is the, the, this joke, we, the joke they're making where it's just the, they throw the new dangly cat toy in front of you and all the people you would expect jump on it with their new flags and stickers and say, I support that now. What happened to the other thing before? Oh, you're a conspiracy theory. It's just, it doesn't matter. It's just, I support the current thing. And they believe in some case they're doing the right thing. But what's important to think about in this specifically Roe versus Wade kind of a conversation. It's what you do when you're, de- when, when defending your values, let's say is difficult. That truly matters. When it's, hard to take that stance when it's unpopular. That's when it truly matters. Not that it doesn't matter anywhere else, but that's when it really matters because everyone defends their view when it's easy. Everyone defends their view when it's the popular opinion. In fact, people lie about their view when it's the popular opinion. When it's not easy to stand up for it, that's when the real people who truly have principles stand up for their values, for their perspective. And that is not what we're seeing today. That's what's important to understand. It's things like this that you need to understand. And we've already talked about this. People that are screaming, my body, my choice, but then stopping when they go, you should have to be forced to take vaccines. That's a ridiculous hypocrite. I don't care what nuance you have in that conversation. You're challenging your own logic because you agree with one thing and don't agree with the other. It's subjective and it's childish. Now, you could argue that my body, my choice simply has limits. Now, that would be a logical argument. Now, I would still call you ridiculous because that's not sound, but it's better than saying it doesn't apply, even though everybody knows that it does. You just have a personal opinion about one versus the other. And I already played this the other day, but I figured I'd include it again just to make this point. Important is
3: bodily autonomy, the same right men have always had. We just want equal rights, the right to govern our own bodies, just like men have always had. It's that simple. Do
2: you support the right for people to not get the COVID vaccine?
3: It's irrelevant.
2: Right? My body, my choice.
0: You're
3: right. It's not irrelevant.
0: Yeah, but one saves
3: lives. You're right. It's Once not irrelevant. One of them is going to be in a pandemic state, right? A state of emergency, which we all know laws change during a state of emergency. Do you
2: agree with this, the statement or the, the principle of my body, my choice?
3: Yes, absolutely. Bodily autonomy is a human right. Healthcare is a human right. Um, right, right, right. Access to health care should not be something that is dictated by
0: the Supreme Court.
2: During the pandemic, did you support people's right to not get the COVID vaccine?
0: It's a difficult conversation. Do
2: you support bodily autonomy in other situations? For example, the COVID vaccine mandates. The
0: the vaccine mandates. We've been mandated to get vaccines for years and years and years.
2: So you do support in that situation people not having control of their bodies?
0: That's not... That's not having not control of your body. It's like, I don't understand.
2: Do you think it is important for people to have medical and health control over their own body? Uh, yeah, it's good for them. It's good for everybody. You didn't support the mandates? I did, I do support the mandates, yeah. Isn't that mandate that people have to get the vaccine so they don't have control over their own body? Uh, vaccinations are good for people. But in that case, you don't have control, right? If there's a mandate. No, they don't have to get it. They just, uh, just can't go anywhere or do anything, right? They just can't have a job. You don't have a right to a job.
1: Everybody should have a right to do what they want with their bodies.
2: <laughs> do you support the pe- people's right to choose not to get the COVID vaccine?
1: Um, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into all that con- you know, c- common sense logic stuff. I'm standing here to make a political point. My God. I mean, every time I just it blows my mind, we can have such ridiculous con- like that. And, and of course, when you see those videos, you always have to consider that whoever made it was trying to make a point as well. And it probably spoke to a lot of people that had a, probably a valid statement, maybe even had a nuanced argument about why there's ba- limits and whatever else. But those other people do exist. And that was the point of it. There's a lot of people out there that are being hypocritical about it. And that's the point, guys, is if you truly had a stance that was about my body, my choice, you'd be willing to say, well, you know what? I think people should have these injections and I think people are dumb for not taking them, but because I'm logically consistent, you should have a choice. And that's what people would say if they were being logically consistent. And I made this point in reverse about me. That's a perfect example because I am standing up for that let choice in everybody's case, despite the fact that I feel differently about it. I made that clear, guys. Whether whether it's because I ha- I'm a Christian or whether it's because I just don't think it's right, in any case, I, I like I said I had a personal experience when I was younger where that was something that was on the table. I decided not to. Sadly, ended up she had a miscarriage. In any case, but the bottom line was that this is something that I went through, and yet still today I will stand by my my mindset that the the, the woman should always have a choice. Always, it's her body, or it's whoever's body in the case of vaccines, and they should have a choice, right? Like There's no way you can call those two different things. It's simple. Even if you disagree, and as I said before, your choice for your body, whatever we're talking about, will always supersede my opinion of that choice, no matter what position I'm in. President, politician, your neighbor. Now, here's what we have because of what just happened. Again, don't forget that what happened is all that happened was the Supreme Court ruled, that the precedent that was set with Roe versus Wade should be overturned, which means the states should be the ones to decide for their respective states. Now, if this wasn't about Roe versus Wade, if it was just an innocuous discussion point, people would be like, "Of course, because the state should decide, because the federal government has too much power, or whatever." Right, and that's obvious to see, and that's regardless of whether we're talking about left or right. That's a general consensus for most cases that that ultimately states' rights is a constitutional thing, and as is, is enshrined in the Constitution, I should say, and that. These states are different. We can see that. Red states, blue states. It's obvious. So why would you try to force in one thing? It depends on the topic, obviously. And that's where politics and two-party paradigm nonsense gets in the way. Because it's hypocritical, like we're seeing here today. The the Supreme Court didn't stand up and say, you can't do anything. They just said states should decide. And yes, that translated for the states then making rulings that people don't like. But also, don't forget that this was a legal process. This is exactly how the court is supposed to go. Now, you could argue that there's plans to put people in place over the years exactly like the left does for Second Amendment and the same thing. They're all doing the same thing. They just don't like it when the other people get what they want. It's childish. But again, you know my stance. So I can argue that there's plenty of ways you could look at this, but it's about being honest and logical. This is the way it was supposed to go. If it had been the yep. other way around, they have no problem with it. Now, as somebody who made a great point, and this is what I'm staring at right here. Well, first of all, Joe Biden stands up and says, we have to codify Roe versus Wade into law, which, by the way, is, is make sure you understand that's something that many of them have had the opportunity to do for a long time, and many of them have turned that down. It's funny how it only matters now when it's a huge political wedge issue, right? These people are sh- ridiculous. All of them. Most of them, Biden and Trump alike, do what their people in their circle tell them to do. Whatever is in the moment politically advantageous. These people don't care about anything, it seems. But the point is codify it. So basically make it into a law, right? So now it's a law. So now if you, you know, the law is that everybody has this equal right. But that's not what the federal government is supposed to be doing from a constitutional standpoint. So just because you agree with something, you're just challenging what should be a status quo idea that we should not allow more power to co- collect around the federal government but they just don't like the way it's going, so they go, screw it, do, do it that way. And that's ultimately what's happening. But then here's another point for exactly that point. He says that the filibuster gets in the way, which is a normal process, which, by the way, in a different conversation, is ridiculous to me. The very idea that someone could stand up there and just talk forever and stop something from happening seems crazy stupid, but regardless, it is something that's been there forever and it's part of this process. So the point is, if that normal part of this process gets in the way, well, we should provide an exception to that filibuster and deal with the Supreme Court decision. Oh, I see. So then we'll just change things to get what I want. Exactly. Weird that seems to happen from every side all the time, right? When I'm in power, I'll just do what I want, right? That's where the executive orders come in. That's where anything comes in, where we're just going to go, well, we tried and they didn't do. We tried the normal process, which we all talk about democracy left and right, and it didn't work. So we're just going to do what we want. I'll just sign this and do that and yell this and mandate that because that's how it actually works today. So when the filibuster gets in the way, we'll, we'll just change the rules. Everybody okay with that? Well, no, half the government's not, but they'll do it anyway. But it says, yes, create an emergency when you don't like the outcome to tip the scales in your favor. It's America's favorite pastime. Great comment. The person falls up and says, America did not vote on this. This was the decision of six people. They do not represent the majority. Now, that might sound like a logical statement, right? Because you can understand how, well, that's, it's only a select grouping of people and they're placed there. They're not elected and okay. But then she comes in with the most logic. Are we talking about the first time or the second time? Crickets. Oh, I see. So you're okay with it being a select group of people voting on their or yeah, voting on this decision that affects all Americans when you vote in the way you want it to. Oh, I see. But now that the same thing happened in a different direction, well, now it's completely unacceptable. What do you mean they don't represent the majority? Well, first of all, they're clearly the majority in the Supreme Court. And we know that the 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 two-party paradigm, which is not even close to the majority of people. But within that paradigm is, you know, 50-50. So what are you talking about? They don't represent the majority? Are you pretending, Brad, to know that the majority of people think a certain way, despite this obvious aggressive wedge issue being right down the middle forever? I mean, the point is these people will defend this because they want it to be that way. They've decided their stance is morally superior. So they fight it. Now, you can argue that at some level, there's some things that just seem apparent. But this is always a subjective. Like, for instance, you could argue that it's the right thing to do to stop murder. Right? We could all agree murder is bad. You shouldn't be able to do that. There's a lot of things to get into, such as that there's already laws in the books and so on. But the point is that there's some things we all just kind of collectively agree on. That's where they're trying to drive these things into it. And there's an argument to be made there. Don't get me wrong. Plenty of people can argue that this is something that should be the case. But that's how this is supposed to go. Dialogue. Honest discussion, amicable disagreement, but that's long since been what the U.S. government ever wants to allow, because that's normal process. They want to pretend things are happening while they divide us and attack, and we fight ourselves, and they do what they want anyway. That's what's really going on here. But recognize the hypocrisy, guys. It's overwhelming. And of course, you know, Kamal Harris steps in the same thing. We have to codify Rovers to wade into law. If the filibuster gets in the way, then we'll just change that. An exception must be made, because we know we're right. It's just crazy. I mean, just the way that these people think, it's unreal. And it's on all sides, by the way. Same thing happens when Republicans are in power, just so that's clear. But Democratic senators, I love that, by the way. (laughs) Democrat senators, is it Republican senators? There's Republican senators or Democrat senators? To argue that they're Democratic senators is a, is a, a ploy, in my opinion, to make it sound like they're the only ones that are truly Democratic. In any case, Democrat senators, both Manchin and Samia, won't back changing the filibuster to codify abortion. Biden's plan to protect Roe in Congress looks dead in the water after criticizing outrageous and destabilizing Supreme Court, probably because they don't want it to change because they want this to go till the election so they can use this to say, look at how bad they are. Vote for us. Whatever. That's just very feels very, very constructed. But the main point is how ridiculous is that they're framing it like this. They says, but uh, he says, America is better positioned to lead the world than we ever have been, which is utterly nonsense. I mean, it really is utterly ridiculous. They are pretending that they're, they are I mean, nobody in the world right now believes the U.S. government, not you as Americans, but the U.S. government, has any kind of moral standing. They break everything that means anything. Nothing is sacred. All the deals and and rulings and agreements that just violate the moment it means what they get what they want. Everybody knows that, even people in this country. And that doesn't mean it's supposed to reflect on you. They don't do what you want, America. They don't believe in what you think. They don't care what you think. By the way, it's probably what most governments are act- like, but the reality is we're here in this country, and that's what I'm trying to make clear. That Just that being said, he goes on to say, but one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States in overturning ruling, not only Roe versus Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. Huh? This is I'll explain to you where he thinks he's going with that. And that they're all backing up. They're all saying the same thing. But first of all, the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court? You mean a normal legal process where they made their decision? There was only two ways to go vote to keep or overturn. So it's outrageous that they just don't think the same way as you? Isn't that a little bit bigot? Bigot? Isn't that bigotry? Aren't you attacking them because they hold different beliefs? I mean, no, no, they're the racist ones because we have the superior stance, right? This is crazy nonsense. But the point is just so I hope that was clear, by the way, how childishly ridiculous these both stances are, but the idea that they're challenging the right to privacy? How in the world are we changing this into privacy? What they're trying to do here is by by segueing into the other things they're talking about, such as the rights for gay people and, and LGBTQ, which, by the way, haven't even happened yet. And those, again, aren't rulings on whether or not things can happen. They're the same idea to rule in the case of let the states decide, which that should be... They should just make a ruling across the board and say everything should be the states to decide. Same process. You can still deal with your state. The states are still supposed to embody what the people say. But by the way, that doesn't happen anywhere. So let's just get on the same page here. Your government doesn't care what you think, but it's still a step in the right direction. And again, women should still always have a choice, in my opinion. But the, what they do is act like all oh, this is leading in the direction and opening doors for them to remove your privacy. And that, that, even in itself, doesn't make sense. Because, by the way, still as an actual constitutional right, is your right to privacy. Not abortion, it's not a constitutional right. Now, even, even though they say that in this article, that the, the set the, the precedent set by the Supreme Court set as a constitutional right. No, it doesn't. That's not how that works. They're just making things up like they do all the time. But it says the first and foremost thing we should do is make it clear how outrageous this decision was. I just can't get past how dumb that is. I, again, the, the argument I made before is what's the difference that the Republicans have stood up the first time this was ruled on in 73 and said. The first and foremost thing we should do is make it clear how outrageous this decision was. And we need to stop this from happening because now is that any different? The only difference is they feel their stance is morally superior. And you may think they're right, but you have to recognize how people have a right to feel differently. You don't just get to decide that you're not allowed to have a religious perspective. I mean, it's just ridiculous and it's completely untenable with the concept of what we believe that we are in this country. Just realize that. I mean, I just can't get past how crazy that is, but it goes on to say what and wasn't how much it impacts not just on a woman's right to choose, which is a crucial and critical piece, which, again, is not what the Supreme Court had any say in. That was the states that decided. So they just love to focus on the Supreme Court because that's where this all stands for them. It's about focusing on the left versus right concept, not the state's individual, too, because then it it. Spreads this out across a bunch of different battles. Governors of different states, they don't want that. They want this to be easy to focus on. This is about politics, guys. Then he goes, but on privacy generally. So explain for me how this attacks anybody's privacy at all, even remotely. Anybody. Privacy? So your your restrictive ability to get an abortion in some states, because remember, I made this clear the other day, even the ones they say bandits still have loop, uh, even the federal government maintains the idea that you still have An access to an abortion if your life is threatened. I'm not saying I agree with that, but at the end of the day, that's still not banned. But how does that stop your privacy? It does not, is the answer. He added that Congress should not only codify abortion rights, but also the right to privacy. Biden, it's already a constitutional right. I think you're, oh, you already lost your mind, Mike. Excuse me. Which he said the Supreme Court wiped out in its decision with Roe. So they wiped out your right to privacy with a Supreme Court ruling. Guess what? That's not possible. Because the inherent God-given rights don't stop because the Supreme Court says so. Because remember, though, abortion is not one of those. Now, again, I'm not saying that it be, it's all absolute, that that's the facts and the only rights you have are because of this. That's not how that was supposed to go either. These were just things that they outlined that were God-given rights. Now, you can argue that abortion is one of those. I, I don't agree with that. But at the end of the day, this is how this process is supposed to go. Like, I find it very humorous for for momentary partisan point here that people on the left will always say to people on the right, just go vote, right? If you don't like it, change it. Take political action. And the moment that gets put to the test, they don't do the same. They scream and flail and say, i illegitimate, even though it's not. Again, that goes back to the point that it's easy to stand up for your values when it's the, pop, the pop, popular opinion when it's put to the test and it's unpopular is when it really shows character. Obviously, they have none. I shouldn't say that about everybody, but the point is, in this case, the people that are politically doing so is who I'm really focusing on. People like Biden. Wipe this out. No, it didn't. Down here it says, and I really think that it's a serious, serious problem that the court has thrust upon the United States. <laughs> I just can't stop saying things that aren't true. Not just in terms of the right to choose, which they didn't have any say on but in terms of the right to who you can marry. But that hasn't happened yet. They're just shoehorning this in. A whole range of issues related to privacy. What, how does the right to who you have the right to marry about privacy? This is so stupid. But at the end of the day, those things haven't even happened yet. So a- acting as if this ruling, which by the way does open the conversation to changing this to go other things to go back to states deci- deciding, but none of that has to do with whether these things are li- right allowed. They- they're just lying to you guys. Continuing to discuss Supreme Court's impact on the right to privacy, Biden said, they just wiped it all out. Oh, okay. So Biden claims that your right to privacy or, you know, any other thing that's enshrined in the Constitution, that means nothing when they just decide to rule on Roe versus Wade. Just like that. Now, all I think they're trying to do is confuse people and in a backward way, set the idea that your rights are tangible and can be taken away just because they say so because of a ruling or that they're the ones that created them. Therefore, they can turn them on and off with a pandemic. None of that's true. He also hinted at executive action to come on abortion rights, and there you go, right? So instead of going through the process, which you would tell anybody else to do if this was the opposite situation, it's the right. They did the right thing, so you should vote and blah blah blah. Well, instead, he just, I'm just going to sign a piece of paper and say this has to happen because I want it to. Do we actually know what most people want in this country? If we actually ask what the states actually want in places like Texas and Mississippi, what do those people want in those states? None of that matters because they've decided they know what's best for them. It's crazy. And he's going to sign an executive order and try to do that. But the point is, those even are that's not even supposed to be valid in and of itself. Executive orders are only supposed to apply to the executive branch. But see, we are wildly off the rails and have been for a long time. House Speaker Pelosi called in the Senate to scuttle the filibuster, to pass abortion rights on Monday, and a statement promising to take legislative steps that would protect the right to privacy. I see the I same point. Just stupid. There's no logic there. But, you know, we'll change the rules because we want what we want. And in regard, in response to our statement, he says, Hendrick here says, Roe isn't the problem. The rogue court is the problem. Roe cannot be fixed until the court is fixed. Anybody explain how it's a rogue court? But these, this is what people like Kamala Harris and Biden and people that are radicalized are doing to people. They're creating radicalized people. And this goes on both sides, by the way. The same thing happened to Republicans. The same thing when they, were, they, they radicalized people to create a problem that can be used. These people don't know what they're talking about. It's a rogue court. Like, at the very best, you could argue that what happened was some sort of secretive illegal process by which they put people on the court. And then because their ruling went this way, that's why it's illegal. That's not true, though. That's not even what they're arguing. They, If they had ruled the other way, everything would be fine. So is it only a rogue court when they don't rule the way you want them to? Oh, there you go. Yes, it is. But that's what's happening. And these, these are the kind of people that believe... Just like they're trying to frame the Republicans on January 6th, because there were some of them, they were Republicans, that were the QAnon radicalized people that were ready to do dangerous things because they genuinely thought things that were outside what actually happened. There was cheating, absolutely. The idea that this was some more, like this is the same thing, this is the same crazy situation in this same point here. These are people that believe there was some sort of stolen activity and they're going to take violent action and take it back. Of course, their right would only say, that's only what the left does. And the right left would say, that's only what the right does. And it goes back and forth, round and round. And that's why they all hate us. But here's Ken Klippenstein saying, this is what a judicial coup looks like. A judicial coup. Now, what's interesting to me is, just how do you call it a judicial coup if these people were put there by a legal process and they're doing what they're legally supposed to be doing? Explain that to me. Now, I'm not going to say that you couldn't see this in that light. That by being put there, or let's just say they were legally put there, but then influenced in a, in a nefarious way from behind the scenes. Well, you could make that kind of argument, but let's see what he's using to reference this point. Overturns Roe versus Wade. That's it. Oh, okay. So it's it's a judicial coup because they just decide something you don't agree with. Okay, next one. Supreme Court limits EPA's power to combat climate change. Oh, we'll get into that next. The carbon tax is what they're talking about. The carbon tax that doesn't mean anything in regard to actual pollution, because the gigantic polluters like the military and the corporations will just pay the tax and continue to pollute, which is all it does. And people like us, well, we would pay the tax because we can't afford to do that. We can't set aside a billion dollars to pay for our problem. No, we'll be limited to our gas usage and they'll act like, yay, we're we're pulling back. We're, we're lowering people's gas usage Well, the people that are actually doing the problem or actually creating the problem get even worse. It is a control on you. That's all it really is. Now, I'm not saying we should not consider how we're hurting the planet, but if we really care, well, the US military will be exactly where you start. The number one polluter on the planet is the US military. The corporate media has covered that for years. But now when we concerned about climate change well you john John, you know mr john peon over there well you have to stop driving all the time that's what's really doing it my god but of course because they again rule legally in, in my opinion the right direction it's a coup isn't it it's a coup against the liberal world order Supreme Court further erodes separation between church and state in case of praying football coach. Now, here's an interesting one, because I would argue that it's very important that we maintain that very clear line. And the more you rule in, in cases that make that fuzzy, that's a problem to me. But it's a legal process. I would stand up and say, you morons don't know what it means to support the Constitution, which I've done about people like Kavanaugh, who have made very clear rulings in the past that are directly contradictory to the Constitution, like around the Patriot Act. And that's why I believe that most of this stuff is completely broken. But it doesn't mean that within the context of the conversation, you can't point out that they're being ridiculous. Like, people keep confusing this conversation as me saying, support the Supreme Court, follow the process. Guys, if you haven't found out by now that I think all of this is broken, then you're not watching my show. We are arguing from within their narrative, which is what we've always done. But the Supreme Court has agreed to hear a case that could give state legislatures broad, unchecked power over federal elections. Now, first of all, has agreed to hear does not mean that they've made a ruling on this. And if they did rule to say, yeah, take unchecked power to control your elections, well, that would be crazy. And maybe it does happen. And then we'd have to agree that this was a legal process and it has a problem. My point is. I'm not saying there's not a problem with the kind of power that we see flowing through these areas. My point is for them on one side of this to argue it all makes sense and this is democracy right up until it goes away they don't want it to, then they scream, shows you how all of this is broken and nonsensical. But it only happens when one doesn't get the one thing they want. This is why Americans need to stand up and make it clear that this government does not support you anymore. And it hasn't for a really long time. And that goes for all of it, all branches. Now, on that note of the carbon tax, this person says, Supreme Court gutted the Environmental Protection Agency, right? The Environmental Protection Agency that's completely co-opted and broken, just like the FDA and CDC, all the rest of them. But he says, only when, oh, by the way, I actually love this proverb, and I agree with it. Only when the last tree has been cut down, the last fish has been caught, and the last stream poisoned, will we realize we cannot eat money. Now, it's a little bit extreme, but it's a good proverb because it makes sense. But this is not that. The idea of carbon tax is a joke. And we just talked about this the other day. If given the idea to completely step in and apply these kind of regulations, this is social credit, guys. We are at a fast track, which we already are. This isn't the end of it. But we saw this go in, at least in my opinion, a right direction. But to them, it's the end of the world because that's not what they want. So now anything that goes against one of these arguments, whether left or right, is a coup. And what's funny is the right says that right now. Everything's a coup with the stupid left. (laughs) Ha ha ha. And it's exactly what they're doing, too. Just like with QAnon and everything else, they just cannot see it on themselves. Two-party paradigm is the problem. Everything's a coup. There's an insurrection. There's an insurrection. And all it amounts to is if you do anything any part of the government doesn't like, you're a terrorist. Sound like that's what that how's that supposed to go, right? That we're fighting up for one side or the other. None of them like you guys. Now Kerry vows US to meet climate goal despite the court setback. Again, this is where we go, where oh, the court ruled the way we don't like it. Well, screw the court. If Republicans did that, as they said maybe on January 6th about elections or anything else, well, they're terrorists. You can't say that, our democracy's fragile. <laughs> Just such obvious hypocrisy. He's gonna do what he wants anyway. And then this is a, a clip I wanted to play for you, my brother shared with me. This is the kind of stand-in governor, you know, the, the just the appointee. And here we have the discussion of how, well, let's, this is exactly what we just talked about. Can we? She asked, can we use federal land to bring people into these controlled areas and give them abortions inside the state? We're getting really crazy here. Now, my argument that they could shuttle people with their own tax dollars from places that would allow it to other states to do it, that's have no problem with that. It's your choice. And the state allows it. I don't know why anybody else would have a problem with that unless you have a religious or personal conviction that you're applying to everybody else. But this is interesting because what she's, oops, there we go. What she is saying is something that is just circumventing what's happening here using federal tax dollars. That applies to everybody. So people that are in these states are now paying for people. Even That's not, This is this is what it looks like to go off outside the law, essentially, because you believe you're right. Now, hopefully, this one plays. Come on, there we go.
3: Be a battle that when that people would not have foreseen. We want to make sure that there's no unlawful interference, and we have to do that to ease public concerns. And also, Mr. President, we'd ask that you consider your ability to use federal facilities. What am I talking about? veterans' hospitals, military <clears> bases, and other places where the federal government controls the jurisdiction in some of the states that are hostile to women's rights and make sure that those services can be available to other women. So those are just a few of the ideas that we encourage you to look at, uh, an idea of what we're doing at the New York State level. But literally, before I close the business today, we will have the first step toward a process of changing our Constitution, which is the boldest step we can take, and we just started that today. So, uh, so thank you for convening.
1: Right. So let's just use, you know, military bases and federal land and just, you know, and all this is going to do is bleed into the idea that they can get more and more federal land, which gives them more and more authority over the states. You see how that starts to work? This is always a means to an end, guys. There's always a game being played. Right. People, you hear that? You hear that? People want to meet you out there. My brother. <laughs> you know, we, we talk all the time. We talk all the time. and We don't have all the same opinions, by the way, but we talk all the time about all this stuff. So a lot a lot of things we discuss end up on the show. It's crazy to think that that's the kind. You know, this is a means to an end where it bleeds into the idea where federal government has say over you if they're in this. I mean, you can go all the way back to the you know the very suspicious Bundy Ranch discussion, but the idea of the uh, the Bureau of Land Management and the all of these things are completely unconstitutional. The federal government should not be owning land anywhere. But these we're so far off the reels; these things continue to push in. Now, I've already taken too long on this, but this is so important and relevant to the larger conversation, but. Well, a quick, couple of quick points I want to make on this interesting. Uh, just here's Disclosed TV. New from mid 2023, according to planned legislation in Germany, everyone over the age of 14 will be able to change their gender and first name once a year. Because why not? The governing parties announced this today. I mean, come on. Can you not see the problematic situation there? Your name, your gender. You know, the idea that what, what about criminals? How they just, can, they just suddenly change their name and gender every... I mean, this is ridiculous. But bottom line is, it means that nothing means anything. It's becoming completely subjective. But you lead to things like this. In Toronto, Canada, one of the places that are being the most ridiculous about all this. News release, Missing Woman, Reinerson Avenue and Bathurst Street area, Isabella DeGrace, 27 years old. For those in the podcast, we're looking at an obvious man with a huge beard. Right. Must identify as a woman. And according to uh, Canada, that's no problem. Now, is there a reason for that? Do they actually believe he's a woman? Or is he just playing them to avoid capping? There's so many ways we could think about this. But bottom line is, it's ridiculous. And it gets even more ridiculous. And this is where this begins to lead. As Slow News Day points out, it's meta-appropriation. It says, it, under, uh, this is actually Sal Diagoras points this out. and says, what? Trans-autistic. It refers to someone who wants to be autistic. Seriously? Well, just go take a bunch of injections. And you'll be there momentarily. It can also be used to describe someone who feels they should become autistic. Trans autistic individuals are not necessarily autistic, a- but they, they they can be fizzy autistics. People who want to acquire another form of autism. In opposition, uh, a, a cis autistic individual is someone who wa- doesn't want to become autistic and or doesn't feel they should become. I mean, my God, this is ridiculous and here's the last part of this according to the new polling from pew 60 percent of americans believe that gender is determined by sex assigned at birth in comparison to 38 percent who say otherwise now pew polls can be skewed and all polls can be skewed but this is what i've been pointing out for a long time guys this is not technically the popular opinion and and the bottom line is what we're staring at here is that this is the politics around specifically LGBTQ discussions are a very small fraction of the population, but obviously take up a huge portion of policy. That's not supposed to be how this works. That's politics overtaking reality. But it says since 2017, the electorate has shifted 12 points in favor of the position that gender is determined by, bi- by biology. So shouldn't we listen to what most people think in a supposed democracy? Apparently not. But uh, this goes on to make other points that say that th- they do also agree, though, that we should protect these people. So, uh, th- and that's important to understand as well. But the, po- the the main point is that most Americans believe that that's not supposed to be something they can choose. Now, just because they believe that doesn't mean that you, sh- you can't decide that for yourself. But the problem is that people are, at- I mean, from a legal perspective, there's discussions to be had. The problem is that people are pushing this on everybody else, as we all see, forcing you to say certain things, calling them certain names. And again, this is what we're seeing, that you're supposed, now you have to call this person Isabella and a woman because they say so. Otherwise you can go to jail in Canada. That's dumb and it's dangerous, but that's my opinion. And I could be wrong. The bottom line is that's how this is supposed to work. But all of this is subjective, just like all the other discussions we just had, all of it. And it all leads into conversations like this, where it becomes what just, you know, just trust what they tell you, because that's where this is supposed to be. So bringing us over to the, sorry, I apologize. It took an hour. That There's a lot of that I find very important, but this brings us to the COVID-19 vaccine injection conversation. Now, we just talked about this. FDA advisors vote to include an Omicron-specific component for a coronavirus booster in the U.S., All right? So they voted to include this. Now, the part that they always leave out of this, that you can, I, I proved on my previous show, which is right here, you can please watch it. This means they, they vote for new COVID jabs at in, altering them with no new safety testing, which is unprecedented, unbelievable, in fact. So here's the new part of the conversation. First, Mary Talley, MD, points out the new variant BA four and BA five. If that's what we're actually talking about, I be, frankly I believe a lot of this is just simply either something that was put out and the, the genuine self spreading vaccine conversation, which is a very real thing to consider. I can't prove that. But they've been having conversations about using this, testing these things for years. Johns Hopkins comes out with an entire discussion about how self-spreading human vaccines are the future. I have played that video for you where they show it woman spreading from a pregnant woman to her children. I mean, this is from the U.S. government, guys. It's real stuff. But whether that's what we're talking about, or this is just simply vaccine side effects being framed as something else, or it is what they say it is. The point is what the science is showing is these things are affecting those that have had shots almost entirely. The variant or variants is more are more likely than Omicron to result in bacterial pneumonia at an earlier onset. Interesting how the mask they're giving, telling people to wear, also does that. Because the point is, by the way, as I don't forget, bacterial pneumonia has the exact same symptoms. They tell you this COVID phantom causes causes and can be spread and can be caught. And with a false positive PCR test, boom, just like that, you've got yourself a pandemic whenever you want. But here is a great article from Ivor. Um, here, forget his name. It's, I have to use this page because it freaks out when I highlight it. Igor uh, Chu, uh, Chuvdov, who we did done great work by the way, we referenced him many times. South Africa versus Portugal, entitled BA5 is a variant for boosted people. South Africa versus Portugal, same variant, opposite outcomes. Summary. BA45 sister variants currently dominate two countries, South Africa, which remember was one of the first places to see this, and Portugal. South Africa is barely vaccinated, only 35% even had a single vaccine, 5% had a booster, whereas Portugal is 95% vaccinated, 70% boosted. That's supposed to mean herd immunity to anybody, but that obviously is not what we're dealing with here. The situations in these countries could not be any more different while BA4 and BA5 were mere blips on the radar in South Africa these same variants are driving a deadly wave of covid or whatever you want to call it in highly vaccinated portugal like right here i would argue this is vaccine side effects with deaths among it's my opinion deaths among the portuguese nearing january peak and showing few signs of abating south africa and portugal form a two country controlled experiment vaccinate one country and do not vaccinate the other and expose both to COVID BA4 and 5. The difference in outcomes is telling. Let's explore. South Africa and Portugal are on the opposite sides of the vaccination spectrum. South Africa is barely vaccinated, while in Portugal, reportedly, quote, there is no one left to vaccinate. That's their statement, by the way. There links to it. Read it for yourself. Now, I, th- I might have, uh, I don't think I brought that up here. I'll come back to these. Now, you can see the links here or the the breakdown between the two, which is just unbelievably obvious. And it says back in 2021, Portuguese health experts and officials promised upcoming herd immunity, which Portugal would enjoy once the harshly enforced near total vaccination would complete. The majority of Portuguese citizens, quote, believed in science and thought very highly of themselves for that. Most Portuguese, quote, health experts and officials dismissed ignorant science denying protesters that you can see in the picture below. Who were objecting to their forced vaccination, which was what was happening. On track for herd immunity by the end of summer, its prime minister claims. A year later, things did not quite work out as planned. Shocking. Instead of her immunity, Portugal is in the midst of a deadly wave of what they say is BA45 variants, causing another increase in deaths with no end in sight. I mean, look at this. Compared to South Africa, almost nothing compared to before, especially. In death, and remember, they have some injections. So that would explain why something seems to be happening. The deaths in Portugal are coming fairly close. The deaths in Portugal are coming fairly close to the level of the first Omicron wave and are still rising. So there is no telling how high they will go. In South Africa, however, deaths are about one sixth of their winter deaths and, uh, and generally look like the a 45 wave was non, a non event there. I mean, you know, there, and there's another control here, but how do you explain that? Right, and These are correlations, guys, but there has to be some sort of explanation that nobody wants to dive into, sort of like Sweden compared to everywhere else. Mind you, remember when they said, don't worry, Sweden's going to have their day, they're going to struggle and we're going to... Didn't happen, guys. That's why they just stopped talking about it. Mind you, Portugal has a decent Western medical system. That's important to point out as well. And South Africa is a poorer country. So not only do they have all the best injections, they say, and all the things they need for herd immunity, and everybody should trust the science and have a better system, they claim, medical, they claim, well, at least I shouldn't say better, have a Western medical system. Clearly, it's not working out in their benefit. While Portugal, Portugalans are older on average, about 20% of South Africans are infected with HIV. So even though these are not perfectly equal countries, these differences balance each other. So, both countries are experiencing, supposedly, the ba 4 or 5 wave. It was no big deal for South Africa. The same wave is deadly for the over-boosted Portuguese, and the deaths keep rising. They still are. COVID looks to be the most, uh, to be, quote, mostly over for mostly unvaccinated South Africa, and is only getting started, That's quote these are quotes, for totally vaccinated and mostly boosted Portugal. While no two countries are alike, this is a very alarming finding. Mind you, just about everyone in Portugal had COVID by the end of last winter. That's according to them. Thus, this current wave of infections and deaths in Portugal is driven by reinfections. Now, that's the argument, of course. Reinfections, you know, that this isn't necessarily side effects but rather that they're just getting sick again. Now, that could be the case. I the, the science doesn't seem to back up the idea that people can get sick. Well, here's the difference, right? If you get sick from anything in the past and, and you develop, you know, immunity to it, like chicken pox or anything else. The difference is people are getting sick or let's just say, you know, or one way or the other and then getting an injection and that removes the immunity or they're just getting the injection and then it causes something and then they don't develop immunity. In any case, the injections are destroying their immune system. That's, these are not my opinions, guys. I've gone over all of this in a, in very clear, documented outline peer reviewed science. Infections and reinfections drove vaccinated Portugal's death way past the unvaccinated South Africa deaths, despite a better medical system in Portugal. Why are reinfections happening, he asked, because boosted people are unable to acquire proper immunity upon reinfection. That's his opinion, but I agree. Thus, they are forced to endure endless COVID reinfections, if that's what we're talking about, or just in reinfection with whatever's happening, that further damage their immune systems, inviting more illness, and round and round they go. It says in other countries, as of now, BA5, BA4, which I will skip for brevity, he says, or excuse me, just to talk, just BA5 here, is growing alarmingly rapidly in, in highly vaccinated states of the U.S., as well as in Denmark, the U.K., and Australia, right? All highly vaccinated places. BA5 is growing in the U.S.A., doubling each week, they say. What the article does not say, of course, is that COVID-19 is evolving in an often reinfected, boosted people and not only evade immunity, but to take advantage of the no longer effective antibodies and deprogrammed immune systems while giving its sufferers no long lasting protection that reach reinfection after reach reinfection. And of course, the people that have natural immunity or, you know, in any case, don't have injections in their body aren't suffering this problem, which the UK data has continued to back up until they hid that from you. I'll show I'll show you that in a second. Now, here's another one. E- East versus West Germany. This section is an edit. He added this afterward on June 28th to add a link to the Great Post by uh, Eucalyptus. East Germans from the former DDR tend to mistrust their government, smart, and thus refuse the vaccines. The results speak for themselves on a map. His tweet presents this in a better visual form than the substack link. You can see it here. I mean, it's like exactly along the border, guys. How in the world do you explain that? It could be correlation, but we should be asking these questions and they're not. Here's this post you can read from Eucalyptus. But he says, We may soon see yet one more COVID wave in the U.S. That's in quotes, COVID wave, and several other countries. If South Africa is any guide, it is unlikely to affect the unvaccinated recovered people. However, heavily vaccinated and boosted cities and countries may experience another exhaustive wave of whatever they're calling this pretty interesting. And the data backs this up guys. Now we have examples of this. Now I couldn't find one. Somebody, I just saw one today from another blue check that was like, I got my fourth COVID example. And I'm thank God I've got all my shots. It's everywhere. Here's Fauci saying he's taking his second course of Paxlovid after experiencing a rebound. And then apparently he's had more than one rebound after the treatment because that's how you know it's working, I said on Twitter, right? That makes sense, right? This is so ridiculous. Now, whether or not Fauci, because a lot of people are arguing he would have never gotten this injection. Maybe he didn't know what he thought. Maybe he's not the insider we think he is. These are just possible things. It doesn't, it doesn't mean he's not a criminal deserving of arrest, But in my opinion. But the point is, whether or not he took it, this is what we do see, the people who are are continuing to fall into this loop. And it's obvious. And that leads us to the next point of the actual FDA framework that literally just approved adding these things to injections without safety testing. The very variants that they're telling you are affecting people with injections. Is this not very telling that they're rushing to pump these things out, probably for the people that they gave injections already, which they know we're going to take the next one? Because they're going, like, here's one thought to ask ourselves, guys, or one thought to consider. Is it not possible that what happened here was the experimental release of a first self-spreading vaccine to see if we could do something we were trying to accomplish, they trying to do something they would accomplish, whether nefarious or not? And it completely went out of control. They didn't, They all sorts of negative things started happening to the people that they gave it to instead of the people that didn't take it, and it got wildly out of control. And now everything they're doing is in a desperate attempt to cover up what they tried to do. Now, that's just a wild, you know, I shouldn't say wild. The evidence seems to back that up as a possibility. The point is this action seems to be in that in correlation with that idea that we're now rushing out injections that add these new things to it because the people that we're giving these injections to are aggressively suffering from the new thing. Maybe Omicron was itself, but who knows? And now they're hurting and so they're pumping this back out because if you wait long enough, People that don't have injections, and that's why they're forcing people to get them, are the control. And you will undeniably see this pan out into people that are struggling day in and day out and need the new, in, the new update. Whereas the people that don't, don't seem to have their problems. That's, that's a very interesting thing to think about. Now, let me, let me uh, play something for you real quick here. And uh, we'll take one second and be right back. Let's see here. Let me play this one.
3: Plague laws, this is not the first time in history that plague laws have been used to centralize control, control of transportation, control of labor, control of banking and bank accounts, control of all the different kinds of capital that make up human civilization. But the COVID laws are particularly draconian in the history of plague laws, because not only do they control labor, transportation, banking, but now with advances in digital technology, we're looking at complete control through the banking system of 100% of all assets, ultimately. So what, what happens here? For many, many years, most of us have grown up in a world in the Western democracies where we have a balance of power between the bankers and the people. The central bankers control monetary policy, and the people vote for an electorate that controls fiscal policy. Now what we're watching with COVID laws all around the world is the central bankers moving in and exercising essentially a coup d'etat where they take control of fiscal policy as well. And again, with the advances in digital technology, vaccine passports will not be about health. Vaccine passports are part of a financial transaction control grid that will absolutely end human liberty in the West. For many years, I have fought and written against central control of the financial system. We've centralized more and more capital, more and more control, and we've done it with tactics called divide and conquer. And we've all experienced many different divide-and-conquer tactics, men against women, black against white. But now we have a new one called the vaccinated versus the non-vaccinated, because if you're going to centralize control of every aspect of people's
1: lives... Okay, we're back. So the point here is that this is very interesting to see, that we are seeing them continue to add this to to the injection that we know is causing this problem. Right. The idea rather seemingly trying to cover up possibly what's been created. Now, this is interesting. The worst version of COVID is spreading. The worst version of COVID. Now, doesn't this seem to add to the point we're making? Right. The idea, can we update our vaccines in time? Well, if it's only seemingly affecting the people that took them, that kind of adds up, doesn't it? But it says for the last 18 months, the original COVID-19 vaccines, First, as a two-dose series, then as boosters, have done an extraordinary job shielding us from illness, hospitalization, and death. <laughs> really, these that's their opening sentence. Like literally, like just it's, it's such a great job, as the everything everywhere shows you the opposite, unless you just blindly trust what the government tells you. That's I mean, but this is what we see. They have to say that. It's not true. I mean, it's just blatantly untrue. Globally, And here's the best part. They saved nearly 20 million lives in 2021 alone. Well, before we go forward, let's let's look at that. So where would they get that number from? Well, it must be a peer-reviewed study, right? Has to be. Otherwise, they would call you a conspiracy theorist. How dare you? What a moron you share something that's not peer-reviewed, right? Oh, wait a minute. It's a mathematically modeling study. Fantastic. They mathematical model of COVID-19 transmission and vaccination was separately fit to re- to reported COVID-19 mortality and all cause excess mortality in 185 countries and territories. So first of all, realize it's a modeling study. That means the people that input the data are the people that aren't controlling the model. So if you input data that backs up the idea of what they believe is happening, you know, sort of like we've saved all these lives and here's the data. Well, what do you think is going to come out of that model? But then it goes, the impact of COVID-19 vaccination programs was, of course, determined by estimating the additional lives lost if no vaccines had been distributed. Okay, so running on the assumption that these things were saving lives, because we all know they're saving lives, right? We all know that. We can all agree that that's a fact, right? So they go, okay, so fact being they're saving lives, let's estimate how many people just would have dropped dead had we not rushed these things out. Now, are they going to factor in myocarditis and Bell's palsy and heart attacks and blood clots? Of course not. So the point is, this is ridiculous. Self-serving nonsense observational mathematical studies, which is the kind of thing that they keep doing. But so the argument is, well, they saved all these lies because of our model we made that goes, and don't forget, where where did we first hear modeling? Oh, that's right. The Imperial College of London that set this all off with an absolutely flagrant lie that was later shown to be a complete assumption or rather lie. (laughs) But yeah, we love the models when it errs in the side of what we want you to think. But if you point at anything other than peer-reviewed science that's completely ran a controlled trial, then you're just an utter ridiculous moron. But only when we do it, even though all of them have their place and all of them are important. You should be questioning all of them. But it goes on to say, even today, unvaccinated Americans are twice as likely as vaccinated Americans to test positive for covid. Absolute fake news. And six times as likely to die from the disease. Complete, utter lie. There is absolutely the doubt. I've gone through this now. People may maybe you're first tuning into the show. You may think I'm just dismissing these things. I've gone over this stuff. This would be a 14 hour show if I went through each one of these claims. We've gone over the peer reviewed science. We've gone over the peer reviewed science, random controlled trials that absolutely show this is not what's happening. On top of the fact that the link that they go to in here is a CDC study, which we've gone over and other, it's complete ridiculousness. Now, the point that I've said, I was going to make this clear before guys, this is the, the last UK report before they stopped showing you this. This is what it looks like to understand that not majority, but the risk per 100,000 of catching COVID-19 was almost four times as high for people that were injected. Now, this is three doses. You go down to one, two before that, it's way higher. That's why they jumped this up to three. But just look at the breakdown. 800 per 100,000 compared to 3,483. Similar to every age group, guys. That is an obvious pandemic of the injected. Now, whether you get into the rest of the topics or not, if the majority of people who are catching and spreading this, which continues everything they're talking about and continues variants and continues all the problems, which is what they tell you, the spreading continually is how variants continue, then you're looking at the people doing it. And that is the injected very clear, which is why from this report forward, they stopped showing you that they hid it from you And because we don't understand the obvious per 100,000 thousand statistic, right? Very confusing. But that's the reality. That's where we end up, right? Where were we here? Going forward, it says, but viruses evolve and vaccines should too, right? So despite all the lies, the idea that we're clearly seeing that these things are not helping people, they're not more likely to die. The overall picture here is they're just ignoring all the other things this is causing and acting like a small reduction in whatever they claim is happening, which again, that's not even what's happening, but the idea of the antibody production, because they argue that if we see antibodies, therefore it translates to all of these things we say are happening. And that's not even happening. I mean, just it, and that's even if it does, these are antibodies in a small way that are related to the original isolate. I mean, this is just so completely off the rails ridiculous. And that's why there's so many experts out there that are standing up for this and saying, look, guys, it's very clear. Stop listening to the corporate media telling you what the CDC says. And I mean, it's just ridiculous. But it says this was the big picture takeaway from a pivotal meeting this week of the US food and FDA, right? We just talked about that. that's the framework panel we just discussed. Now, ignore, recognize... The word safety, not even mentioned in this article, right right there. Now, why would that be? Isn't that the most, shouldn't we be asking whether safety trials will be conducted? Right? So the pivotal meeting where they're discussing how to change these things, it says the question before them was simple, ahead of an expected winter surge, which I love how they keep saying that and it just keeps not happening. They keep circling back to it every time. Should vaccine manufacturers tweak their forthcoming booster shots to target Omicron. The ultra-infectious variant, remember the other one, the mutant super ninja turtle, whatever they called it. Their forthcoming booster shots to target Omicron, the ultra-infectious variant that has spent the last seven months surging throughout the world in vaccinated populations in one form or another, or should they stick with the tried and true <laughs> to 2020 injection? Now, the point is, they just completely, just don't overlook the topic of whether they're safety testing these new changes. Very, self, very self-serving. The panel voted to do so, which we know. Now, going forward, now, the, the, can sit, realize how crazy this is, by the way, that this is the obvious thing. They are, are hurting specifically them, so they're rushing to change these things in time to probably help that not be seen. As a Harvard professor, Martin Koldroff, points out, he analyzed vaccine data for two decades and helped develop the CDC's safety, vaccine safety system. It's illuminating to realize that uh, this person, Kelly Cog, Kaga individual on Twitter a mother with no science degree understands epidemiological data better than former surgeon general Jerome Adams and here's his point this is in regard to the FDA meeting we just talked about he says the very reason we have the the meeting we just discussed the VRBPAC and the ACIP is because the panelists are experts and we know what that truly ends up meaning today not that you should disregard them because they're experts but it doesn't act, it doesn't almost it doesn't as a matter of fact translate to them being the experts you want to think they are or that they don't have preconceived ideas or political interests or influences outside what their job should contain or financial a thousand things we just pretend aren't there oh he has a lab coat then we should trust him said the most ignorant person alive but because they're experts he says and that's just the talking points and most people aren't trained to do studies read papers and translate findings into real world recommendations Again, but we've seen how stupid that is, because one, there's a lot of those experts that are, that are speaking up in contrast to what you sycophants are saying. And you come to realize that it's not that difficult to understand what they're getting at. I don't walk away thinking I know better, but I do know that I'm smart enough to read these things and walk away understanding what per 100,000 means, especially since you told us that was the thing you should look at. And then when that didn't end up translating, you go, no, that's fake too. Don't look at anything. We're going to delete it because you're dumb. But he goes, you trust your electrician, your plumber, your tax preparer. You should trust your doc. Well, here's an an interesting thing to think about. Why do you trust your electrician, your plumber, your doc? No, you should similarly have your own thoughts. Now there are probably areas where you just don't know and that's where you can yield to their expertise, but you should still have a say, shouldn't you? Shouldn't you under, shouldn't you be like, well, wait a minute. I don't think that. I mean, that's your home, your electric, your electric wiring, your plumbing, your taxes. So you should know enough to have your, but see, this is where we get today. Just trust what you're told to do. And he acts like that's logic because you trust others. You should blindly trust us. This guy's an idiot. If he actually thinks that, I don't think he actually thinks that. I think he's trying to toe a line, but Kelly says, and they were lied to by the CDC, which they were about COVID being a top five cause of death in children. Guys, that's been, she's absolutely 100% right. We have covered this many times. They lied or were wrong about a lot of stuff like that. And she says, and apparently none of them were smart enough to recognize that. So these experts in this panel voted for all of these things, despite the fact that you can prove what she just said. Now, were they too stupid to see that or did they not care? You can pick. Either way, here's what he says next. Oh, so you're going to double down and I'm smarter, more prepared to analyze pediatric studies data than a dozen doctors and scientists who've done this their whole careers. And we're done here. Also, thanks for proving a point. Yeah, that didn't go the way you thought it did, buddy. But what's funny to me is instead of addressing her point, you're just going to go, oh, so you still think you're smarter? Well, explain for me, show me where she claimed that. Where does she say she's smarter? She's just simply pointing out a fact. And that fact, you don't like. So you go, you're dumb. That's called a straw man. This is supposed to be the expert. And that's how he responds. My God, these people are ridiculous. And that's what he says this for. Martin being somebody who is an expert, but is also somebody who's willing to call out the lies. Well done. Now, here's what we continue to see because of these things that are happening that they don't want you looking at. Comedian Nick Nemoroff dies at 32. Now, I'm not suggesting I know for sure that this caused his death, but I do know for sure that people have, many of them, died because of these injections that they're not wanting people to talk about. So when we see this, and yes, it's true, you can watch the video, he was injected. He says it right there. I'm not going to play You guys can watch it for yourself. But he dies. He died at 32 years old. And guess what? In the article, they don't know why. What a weird shock, right? Nick Nirmath, very sad, dies at 32. Quote, the cause of his death was not released. He was injected. That's a fact. We should, and here's the point, guys. We should most definitely be asking if it was the cause. Not assuming, because that would be stupid as well. Simply asking if it could have been the cause, especially with the proven and admitted, quote, side effects. That's simply the reality. You know that. We should be, of course, you know, you could be, you should have the right to ask anything, right? Anything you possibly want. Could it have been this or that? Could it have been aliens? I mean, you could be ridiculous about it. And I would be like, well, that's stupid, but you have a right to ask that, don't you? And the idea is that out there in the world today, you're not allowed to ask this question. And that's the craziest part about this because it shows you everything. And that's why this point included. I absolutely love this point. I should have grabbed the tweet, but I was running a little short on time. But here you see his name there. And it really is doesn't matter. This is the statement, wherever it came from, is such a perfect thing to say here. He says, remember, don't forget, if someone young and healthy dies unexpectedly, it's just improper to ask about their vaccination status. That question is only for important occasions like entry into restaurants. <laughs> My God, that's got to be one of the best takes on this. I think that is absolutely, there's so many, this is like the row versus way. There's so, these contradictions are everywhere. So it's okay to ask for your vaccination status when you're walking into a restaurant, but when somebody dies and we don't want to talk about why and they're 16 years old and there's no explanation, we're not allowed to ask. <laughs> it's just, it's, it speaks for itself. And more like this, guys, my 26-year-old son, Bill says, was incentivized by his employer, as so many others were, for the tune of $500. So they bribed him to get the injection. So you can argue that he didn't really care one way or the other, maybe didn't want it. And they argue people like this are on their side. Well, no, you bribed them. You coerced them. You threatened them. That's most people, by the way. So he got it. So he did it. And it was Moderna. He went to the ER last night. This is on the 28th. And it, with chest pain. He is now in the hospital on the 29th. That was the day this is being written and is diagnosed with myocarditis and he's waiting to have a cardiac MRI. Guess it's just one of those coincidences though, right? One of these endless constant coincidences that are never not there. This makes me sick because it's everywhere and you have to be an absolute mindless fool to not see what's happening right now. just now, this, this is part that blows me away. And I made this clear in the last part about the FDA framework. This is what they're continuing to do. Just in, U.S. government buys 105 million doses of Pfizer's mRNA vaccine. Not Comirnaty. Yeah, the one they swore up and down will be in circulation by November that doesn't even exist, it seems, despite the fact that they're claiming it's been approved, but only pumping out the emergency authorization version, which continues to give them immunity. Exactly. Pfizer's mRNA vaccine for fall booster injections with an option of 195 million more. Now, realize, guys, these are doses that are this the original isolate. So right now they're rushing to make something, right? Can we update our vaccines in time? We're in a rush against the world because these aren't working anymore, but we're going to buy the old ones though right now. Make sense? It shouldn't. And it's the same thing we asked about in the in the discussion yesterday or the day before when we said, look, why are they saying right now that we're going to maintain the administration of the first shot to be the old one? And then we'll switch over to doing the boosters in the new one. There's no way that makes sense unless you're trying to hide the negative aspects of the original so it looks like they weren't that bad to start. Sort of like using an injection, like a meningitis injection, in your trials and claiming that's a placebo. No, that's a way to make the side effects look less problematic than they happen on both sides. This is crazy. The problem here, as I said, sums it up really clearly. The craziest part is these are still the original shots based on, in quotes, the Wuhan isolate. meaning. They produce antibodies that are not appropriate to what's currently happening. That's what they admit. That's what anybody out there has already made clear, and that's according to their own statements, guys. They can pre- continue to pretend they're still a relevant reaction, but does it translate to? And uh, that's why we should play this clip again. That's what's actually that's what they've said before, that it does not translate, and they don't even they they don't know how that makes sense.
2: How should we think of micrograms in terms of the amount of? spike protein that's produced by the cells can you kind of clarify that uh, the, uh, obviously we don't have a complete
1: understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response uh, the, uh, obviously we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of
2: producing immune response
1: now there was the other one i feel like where did i put that i just had that that wasn't the one i was actually going for here let me play this one other clip so the one you guys have seen i think is important and then i'll try to find that one as well Let's see. Let's see. Where was that? Dr. Fauci, here we go.
4: There's another element to safety. And that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way... You'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time if it happened that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse.
1: Okay, here's the one I was looking for.
4: And then, can you repeat the
3: the second question?
4: I do. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of data now. What is your
0: correlate protection? Is everybody's measuring antibodies? So they're probably relevant, but as we know, that's, that's a long question. We need a quick answer.
3: <laughs> I would say there is no established correlate of protection.
4: Thank you. That was a quick answer, Dr. Finch.
1: Man. Okay, so they don't know how it works, and they don't have any correlation between antibody production and actual protection. Yeah, we're seeing that happen. We uh, that's, that's very clear. They hear those things and still vote that we should use them. Explain that to me. The bottom line is, like we just said, they produce antibodies that are not appropriate to what's currently happening. That's why they can't find a correlation, because they go, look, antibodies, good, give them to everybody. But we're deal- they're, they're the ones telling you that these are out there. You heard Fauci say it. Well, if they produce the wrong antibodies, you're going to have a problem. Why don't we acknowledge that's what's happening? I think you know why. Producing incorrect antibodies can be deadly. How do you explain the fact that they just ordered a bunch of those? You know why. You know how. I'm just trying to reach the people out there that aren't willing to look at this. Now, here's what's interesting. <clears throat> on a similar note that I just want to try to run through quickly here, uh, we're good on time, Is the discussion of not only the fact that these things are not working, but we also have a conversation about the reducing of antibodies, right? That they're obviously showing you that these things are producing the wrong kind and are hurting you. But on top of that, the, the one, even though the even comparison as it goes forward, even the ones they are producing, which I guess was almost a blessing in disguise, because if you continue to produce the wrong ones at high volumes, it's much more dangerous, but they, they've dissipated. The waning happens almost instantaneously. Maybe there's an insight there that we're not seeing. But here is a video I wanted to share again that I just have, and I, I looked it up on MSN. Remember this clip? Dr. David Bauer, Pfizer's vaccine produces fewer key antibodies than other variant right remember that well i just wanted to show you since we go oh look they deleted it isn't that interesting oh it's not even now it's not even loading there we go taking forever wow that's interesting there it is <laughs> that's very strange oh look at that we're sorry the video is not available why would you delete that msn is there a reason you're trying to hide something yes Here's the actual break. Pfizer vaccines produce fewer key antibodies. Oops. Here's the actual video. Now, I think I was just going to do it down. I think I've got it down here. Different when I use StreamYard. The key message from our finding is that we
2: found that recipients of the Pfizer vaccine, those who've had two doses have about five to six-fold lower amounts of neutralizing antibodies. Now, these are the sort of gold standard private security uh, antibodies of your immune system, which
1: block the virus from getting in. Now, there's more to the clip you can watch. I'll include the links and everything. The bottom line is, it's very clear what's being said. And I'll show you the studies they're referencing. He tried to walk this back after it became a focal point. But here's his tweet. Significant loss of antibody neutralization versus the, you know, versus live, basically. So here, the point is, if you get naturally infected with whatever we're talking about, if that's even what's happening, then you have a response. But the injection, as the variants increase, is increasingly less valuable. Now, if if he's telling you right now that it's five to six times lower just in one variant, right? So from, from the original thing to beta, which is what they're talking about, and it gets even worse all the way down to Delta, then even to Omicron. Do you realize how low that is? Five to six times lower the, from the first step, then the second, then the third, then the fourth. We're talking exponentially almost non-existent here, and they're acting like, "Yeah, but it's still worse. Keep taking it as we rush to make something new." This was very clear. That's why I believe they're deleting this. The net, the neutralizing antibodies were five to eight times fold. Five, not just five to eight times, or full five to eight fold, like the same point. Five times lower, not five antibodies. Five times lower, and it says we're reduced against specifically. B one six one seven two relative to the wild type, significantly more reduced than B one one seven, and on a similar order in the reduction observed against B one three five one. So the fir- these are all the different anti the you know beta to alpha to beta to delta and so on. It can every time it got et- fa- far far and it says significantly more and then re- uh, similar order. So we can assume five to eight times more and then five to eight times even less. Excuse me, that was confusing. Neutralizing antibodies were five to eight times fold reduced with the first variant. And then again, five to eight times reduced for the next one. And then five to eight times reduced for the next one. And now we're at Omicron level. Can you imagine how that's in a And this is what they're trying to hide. This was admitted. Here's the same similar conversation from New England Journal of Medicine. Not about the antibodies, but just how this generally immediately reduces. The levels of the IgG antibodies decreased at a consistent rate, whereas the neutralizing antibody level decreased rapidly for the first three months with a relative slow decrease after that. Regardless, a rapid decrease to basically non-existence, then a slow decrease after that. And we've seen the data, I'll show you next, which after three months, it's gone. I mean, this this is, in fact, it goes negative efficacy after three months, six months after receipt of the second dose. Humoral response was substantially decreased. So not only are your antibodies basically non-existent, the decrease of what is even happening goes away immediately. Do you not see how clear all this is? It's peer reviewed science, guys. Here is Jerusalem Post. Antibody levels decrease after two doses. Same situation. Antibody levels decrease rapidly after two doses of the vaccine. Here is the uh, Francis Crick Institute. This is his institute, the David Bauer And just simply same point, June 3rd, 2021, Pfizer biotech vaccine recipients have lower antibody levels targeting Delta variant than other variants. And that's the point that these articles are making, specifically Lancet, that the same thing is seen from variant to variant as it goes forward. That's what it's listing, all of them right there, one, two, three, four. Then, as we've pointed out, vaccine effectiveness of infection of Omicron or Delta variants following two-dose booster, And and this is the Danish cohort study, which shows you very clearly after. One day between one and 30 days actually drops to 55% relative efficacy. That's ridiculous. Relative risk reduction, I should say, means meaningless to you. 31 to 60 days down to 16. We're way below the supposed 50% plus emergency use authorization level. Doesn't matter though, because they don't follow the rules. After 90 days, negative 76 efficacy for um, after with Omicron with Pfizer. It's negative 39 with Moderna. That's fact. That was backed up by the study did after that. It's not an anomaly. So now you have to correlate, to put it together, rapidly decreasing production of antibodies as you go from variant to variant, which, if that's what's happening. And regardless of where you are in that process, the dramatic reduction of whatever's happening in a very quick period of time. And that eventually goes to a negative efficacy if it continues, which is hurting you. That means you're more susceptible to infection, guys. Your immune system's broken. Which then brings us to the reason I brought this up today, which is the fact that Dr. Carrie Smith is pointing out her own information. She says she's been infected five times with COVID-19 over the past two plus years. She's injected, guys. She she lists it down here. She's gotten multiple injections. Now, I don't know whether she paused at some point, but she admits she's got multiple injections. What she's saying here is these are her most recent T-cell counts, not antibodies. Remember, the difference in a very quick, broad understanding is that antibodies are what your body produces to fight off the current problem. They're not meant to be produced forever. They eventually stop when the problem's gone. But your memory B specifically is remembering that process to where it can reproduce them if you come in contact with something in the future, which is immunity, right? It's a combination of things. T-cell is a little bit more abstract, but the bottom line is these things are meant to be representative of when you're not in a problem, you're not producing antibodies, but you're still supposed to have ongoing immunity, which is what we continue to see with natural immunity, which since I bring it up very quickly, the one that I always show you because it's just undeniable. Not to say that it's absolute, but it's peer reviewed on science, on science.org, and very clearly found that this continues, that people that got sick with the original thing without any injections in their body continue to produce antibodies for variants of concern with high potency. And this goes right up to Omicron. What she's showing you here, and I'll show for those in the podcast, is that her, I mean, everything that would relate to immunity is way below what it should be. And you can see the reference range here to the right. Now we're talking, just to make it clear for people, we'll get other stuff we can get into later. The bottom line here is T-cells and and specifically CD4 and all these different discussions. B-cells, but she's pointing at specifically her T-cells. Just to be clear, that's what she's talking about. Her recent T-cell counts. So you look at the T-cells and you can see that the reference range should be 62 to 80. It's 55. Next one is 35 to 56. It's 30, right? This one's 20, when the average would be 17 to 36, so barely in range. The idea here, guys, is that she is not where she should be with multiple injections, especially since she's had COVID, she says. The injections remove the antibodies. Now, I might as well play that, too, since we've played this many times, and it's the same vein of discussion. This was a report that was put out on the corporate media and quickly sanitized because this is what the Red Cross even had on their website, which I, I failed to follow up on the last part where I was going to do. A lot's happened since then. But I proved this with the Wayback Machine discussions and what their own website said. And this is what it said
0: on Your COVID 19 vaccine, you're going to want to listen to this. The Red Cross says anyone who has received their COVID 19 vaccine cannot donate convalescent plasma to help other COVID 19 patients in hospitals. Plasma is made up of antibodies from people who have recovered from the virus, but the vaccine wipes out those antibodies, making the convalescent plasma ineffective in treating other COVID-19 patients.
1: Pretty clear. Right. And there's Jessica Rose. Oh, dear. That's not good. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is obvious to anybody that's willing to be objective. Right. This is bad multiple shots, multiple experiences, what they tell you is COVID and you're still not. I mean, it's just, it, They're what they're telling people to do is not the right thing to do. That's what seems very clear. And then of course, just to include a couple things on the way out before, oh, actually I was gonna, the, the New South Wales I wanted to get to, but you know, remember stuff like this? This is just a point to make sure we understand how many things they've told you that have blatantly been not true. This is peer-reviewed science. Not that it means you should be absolute They should blindly trust it, but that's what they tell you is supposed to be the driving force behind the conversation. And they ignore stuff like this. Circulating SARS-CoV-2 vaccine antigen detected in the plasma, the blood of mRNA, one, two, seven, three vaccine recipients. Meaning the spike protein is in your blood. And well, specifically SARS-CoV-2 vaccine antigen in the, in the, it's the spike protein we're talking about here in your blood. When they tell you it's supposed to stay in your arm, right? And they, this is the, the cat's out of the bag, but this was a huge point for them. And they pushed it down, it conspiracy theory, censored people. The study with 11 of 13 showed detectable levels of that protein, the spike protein, as early as one day after the injection. Mo- the recent studies have shown that it's within an hour, circulating your body, causing blood clots and everything else that they know this can cause. The spike protein itself, according to the Salk Institute, is completely the problem. And in fact, by itself, regardless of how it finds its way into your body, Whether by some virus circulating or whether mRNA instructions tell your body to make it for itself, which then is exactly what it sounds like, where you're producing the thing that your body wants to attack, and that makes the thing that is problematic, cytotoxic. Because the spike protein plays an additional role, and it says here, proving that the spike protein alone was enough to cause disease, meaning it gets you sick, causes symptoms that can then be spread and caught and reproduced. That is dangerous. That's cell-spreading vaccine stuff to me. But there it is, circulating your body. That was a fake news story until it came out and they hid it for months and months and months and finally are forced to admit it. Well, all the stuff we're talking about, guys, has been very clear in the data. They're hiding from you. This is a report from October 20th, 2021. 63% of UK deaths, COVID deaths are fully vaccinated as CDC doubles down on pandemic of the unvaccinated. (laughs) Like that face, don't you love it? Yeah, that's the face of somebody who knows that you've been wrong from day one. And the reality of the fact that it's never been a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They were desperate to cover up what they saw coming with narrative. This one was from February 3rd, 2022. UK fully vaxxed account for 92% of cases, 70% of hospitalizations, and 81% of deaths in the last month alone. Kind of hard to hide from this stuff. This one was from March 25th, 2022. UK data reveals the jab is attacking the vaxxed. COVID jab impairs immune system and spikes in the blood. We, we've been on this from day one, guys, and so have a lot of independent media. But again, go through these reports. You'll see the data break down very, very clearly. This is an older report, but I shall include this for you to look at. They stopped showing you after this. By the way, Scotland's reports where they show the ones that showed you the same stuff, you can't even access them anymore. Look at that. Public Health Scotland. Oh, weird. Server error. That can't be found. It's almost like we scrubbed it so we wouldn't have to admit that we had that data that showed that we were destroying our population. And to make that point clear on the ones that are still showing it, here's the New South Wales data to finish up today. Peter shows this report, well done, death rate by vaccine status once hospitalized in New South Wales, week 1825. Now, you'll note very clearly, and I'll show you the data next, the red line being no dose, blue being four, the highest one being three dose at the moment. And the only reason blue, I argue, is low is because it's, it's in the process of the fourth or more dose category. Most in this category are two and three. That's why that seems to be the problem. But look at the red line. It's at the very bottom. Okay, so if you end up in the hospital, which in Ontario, again, has been 75 plus just in ICU, people injections from the very beginning. If you end up in the hospital, you're most likely to die if you've got injections in your body. How do you explain that? That's their data, guys. Now he points out the third third dose is consistently bad, and now four more doses is jumping up. That's like what I said about Scotland, and sure enough, was proven correct. Same with the UK. That's why they hide it. The death rate was calculated from the weekly source data published here. You can see them now. Here is the again the main page you can check for yourself. Here's the page that we've been showing, and I'll go to the next part he was showing next. But look at this again, guys. This is getting ridiculous, more so than many of the others. They keep telling you this is going to be obvious. One here, here's no dose, no dose accounts for zero hospitalizations, but they claim 12 deaths. Now, don't forget. Now, I'm not going to say that people couldn't have died or from whatever they say is happening or after they were told they had this, which is still what's happening. People get in a car accident when they got a PCR test. They count that as a death. But the point, and that applies to vaccinations too, understand. The point is that these people, as I've proven to you in this report and everyone's in the UK, Scotland, all the rest, if you are, if you die after with before 14 to 20, this is 21 days actually, Scotland, New South Wales. 21 days. If you die on the 20th day after getting injections, that's unvaccinated to them. They count that as unvaccinated. That's ridiculous. Just to be clear. But regardless of that, let's just say 12 people did die after this who have no doses they claim from COVID-19. That's, of course, ignoring again the PCR false positives, which apply both ways. Recognize what we're seeing. Two doses, 93 hospitalizations, 12 in the ICU, 16 deaths, three doses. That's the category that's allowed to develop the most. 207 people in the hospital, 22 in the ICU. This is one week, guys. Or, uh, yeah, one week. Just one week. 51 deaths. 51. Out of 104 deaths in the last week in New South Wales, only 12 of them, they claim, were people with no doses in their body. Four or more. It's already up to 21. Explain how that makes sense. If this is supposed to be some majority illusion, there's very few people that have four or more doses, which, by the way, are multiple categories now, In in this area, most of them are at three-dose level. Four doses have bottomed out for most places, understand. And yet they've still got 21 deaths. And there's only 12 in the no-dose category, which is more than that category. It's quite obvious how they're trying to hide this. This is a pandemic of the injected. Simple. And the data is obvious. Here's some easier breakdowns. First of all, I find this interesting up here. It says Overall, the situation is relatively stable. Funny how they don't they want you to hear that when they want you to, but at the same time pretend you're all going to die if you don't do what you're told. Stable but dangerous, right? But a with a gradual increase in reported cases, not cases, but reported cases, and an average growth factor at 1.00 or 01. <laughs> right. Woo! Crazy, exploding. Barely over nothing, right? At a factor of one means nothing's happening. If, I mean, I believe I'm correct in that. I, a factor of zero makes no sense. Factor of one means it stays the same. Factor of two would be double. I believe I'm correct in assuming that. The idea is 1.01 seems a very small change. But that's enough, apparently. And it says hospital occupancy with COVID-19 positive patients remains relatively high. Okay, so if the increase of cases is basically non-existent, yet the increase of hospitalizations high, what does that tell you? It's undeniable. That the people who are injected, who are already sick, are continuing to go back to the hospital. If no new cases are coming along, it's only people. I mean, come on, guys. And here we can see the breakdown of the data the percentage of cases of hospitalized, unvaccinated versus two and three dose. Unvaccinated, 20%. And again, realize that always includes a huge portion of people that are getting sick, which is the highest category, which Alberta revealed to us, the highest category of. All of these problems are within the first 21 days of the first shot, of all of them. And that that applies to the second shot, third shot as well. The first 21 days is where most of the problems happen. But Alberta posted this and then covered it up. They deleted it. But we, of course, have the Wayback Machine to make sure you can see it, which is that in every category, cases, hospitalizations, deaths, the problem is exponentially. That's not, I guess, the right word. It is, is predominantly in that first period. Look at this, spikes, right? Or cases. There's 21 days. The vast majority is in the first 21 days. Same with hospitalizations. Look at that, guys. You're covering up 80% of the problem by pretending that's not associated with the injection. Same here. Boom. Deaths. Super spike. 21 days. So the point being, 20% of unvaccinated in the hospital could very well be a lot, and it probably is injections. But regardless, two doses, 18%. Three plus doses, so three, four, five, 60% of people in hospital go to ICU. Unvaccinated, 27%. Two dose, 27%. Three plus, 41%. Percentage of population vaccinated with at least three doses, 64%. None of this adds up with any part of the narrative they're spinning. What it shows you is that they're hiding what's really going on. And this one's pretty hard to miss. This goes all the way back to the very beginning. Using their world omatic full picture. Even though this does include a lot of subjective deaths that are car accidents and the PCR tests and so on. Nonetheless, check this out. Correlation does not imply causation, but under causation, we should expect some correlation. No. With that in mind, if you didn't know when the vaccines were rolled out, would you be able to pinpoint their rollout on this graph? If not, why not? Right? Right. Look, at where, where would you say the pin on this should be for when the vaccines were starting? It's kind of hard to point out because it seems to be just be a steady increase, right? Which wouldn't make sense with everything they're yelling about how well this is done to reduce hospitalization death for everybody. We know it does that, right? <laughs> Explain. Explain how there's a decrease in the, in the deaths. Because it's for the majority in pretty much every place we're pointing at, right? Okay, well, you can prove that the injections were given right around this period right here. The idea being that we know that the the first non trial injection was at the end of 2020, right? So it's pretty much right when this blew up. No nope, trials down here, injections beginning and you know and continuing to go up. There's no way you explain that unless just more to the story. And then to finish off with one more point that's kind of calling back to something we already talked about. Somebody just shared this, by the way. And it just reminded me of how we talked about this back in the beginning of 2022, January 10th. Swiss policy research, always doing a great job. Professor Ehud Kimron, quote, Ministry of Health, it's time to admit defeat. It's amazing how the experts can come out at the Tel Aviv University of all places and say, we failed, you guys are wrong, they're not working. And nothing happens. Oh, are they all fakes, anti-science conspiracy theorists? Despite the fact you can't say that, right? Because you're working with them to do what you're trying to do. I guess we just ignore it. That's what they did. To finish off here, Professor Ehud Kimron, head of the Department of Microbiology and Immunology, clearly a conspiracy theorist at Tel Aviv University and one of the leading Israeli immunologists, has written an open letter sharply criticizing the Israeli and indeed the global management of the coronavirus pandemic. In the end, the truth will always be revealed, he writes, and the truth about the coronavirus policy is beginning to be revealed. When the destructive concepts of uh, concepts collapse one by one, talking about all of it, mass injection, uh, lockdowns, there is nothing left but to tell the experts who led the management of the pandemic. We told you so. You refuse to admit that recovery is more protective than a vaccine, despite previous knowledge and observations showing that non recovered vaccinated people are more likely to be infected than recovered people because the injection in their body causes that. You refuse to admit that the vaccine that was my inclusion right there at the end. You refuse to admit that the vaccinated are contagious despite the observations. Look at that, guys. These are experts leading this until they finally pulled back and said we're wrong, it's hurting people. Based on this, you hoped to achieve herd immunity by vaccination and you failed in that as well. You insisted on ignoring the fact that the disease is dozens of times more dangerous for risk groups and older adults than for younger people who are not at risk groups meaning that it's not as dangerous as we thought it was, or they said it was. All they did was even out the danger and pretend everyone's at risk. It's a lie. And the risk was heightened in places like nursing homes because of the way that they made this happen. It's an illusion. I'm telling you from day one. You refused to adopt the Berington Declaration signed by more than 60,000 scientists and medical professionals. Apparently all anti-science, fringe conspiracy theorists, right? That's how they pretend That's what they framed them as. Or other common sense programs. They denied them all. You chose to ridicule, slander, distort, and discredit them instead. You have not set up an effective system for reporting side effects of the vaccines, or rather just effects of the vaccines. And reports on side effects have been deleted from your pages. Facebook page, in this case, doctors avoid linking side effects to the vaccine, lest you persecute them as you did with some of their colleagues, right? Exactly. So they choose not to be honest about it because they know what will happen. You have ignored many reports of changes in menstrual intensity, and menstrual cycle times you hit data that allows for objective and proper research this is my point for example you remove the data on passengers at ben Gurion airport that's the cdc doing that they're making sure you can't come to conclusions on this stuff instead you chose to publish non-objective articles together with senior pfizer executives on the effectiveness of safety vaccines right so working with the people that have a profit motive because that's honest right you have destroyed the education of our children and their future you slandered colleges colleagues who did not surrender to you. You turned the people against each other, divided society and polarized the discourse. You branded, without any scientific basis, people who chose not to get vaccinated as enemies of the public and as spreaders of disease. You promote, in an unprecedented way, a draconian policy of discrimination, denial of rights and selection of people, including children, for their medical choice. A selection that lacks any epidemiological justification. There is currently no medical emergency. Let me repeat that. There is currently no medical emergency. This was January 2022. There is currently no medical emergency, but you have been circulating such a condition for two years now because of lust for power, budgets, and control. By the way, guys, exactly what I keep showing you, the WHO, the HHS, and the BMJ said about the entire health establishment before they got here. The only emergency now is that you still set policies and hold huge budgets for propaganda and psychological engineering instead of directing them to strengthen the healthcare system. Think about that. But here we are. It's all still in the same position and they're all safe and effective and we're going to drive forward, make the new things and force the old ones on you because it's all safe and effective, right? I think everybody sees this, guys. Everybody. Even the people that are on that side of it are just digging in their choice. It is time to recognize the two-party paradigm as the problem and acknowledge that we all see what's going on and stand up. Because they're not going to stop until you stop them, quoting again, James Corbett. Super important. By the way, on that note, some new interesting projects coming up with Corbett and myself in regard to some uh, documentary viewing and some different things I plan on having on the show as well for another interview. We just touched base the other day, so we have some new projects coming. Looking forward to that as you as you well know highly respect james corbett if not the most out there but the reason being by the way because he's been on this long before anybody as far as i can tell the information's there guys it always has been it's whether you choose to acknowledge it that's why i love this audience because you guys are objective and you know you challenge me i challenge you we question each other's comments and we question the, the conclusions but we have amicable disagreements We realize that we're striving for the same things and that's what's important and that's what they're so scared of is exactly who you are. I love you all as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone can explain why we saw a 40% jump in Code 1s. And I've I've seen that as I've travelled around the state sometimes. I'll walk into an ambulance service and they'll say, we had a 30% increase in Code 1s yesterday. Can't tell you why. We just had a lot of heart attacks and chest pains and trouble you know, breathing, respiratory issues.
2: Rafa, do you know what the issue is with the, the chest? Or is it something entirely new to you?
4: Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. Honestly, no, I... Diamonds. He may lay the queen of space He may conceal a king in his hand While the memory of it fades I know that the spades are the swords of a soldier I know that the clubs are weapons of war Diamonds for this art. That's not the shape of my heart. That's not the shape. swords of a soldier I know that the clubs are weapons of war I know that diamonds are running for this heart but that's not the shape of my heart that's not the shape of my heart that's not the shape ok My- ma